An international swindle has taken place right under our noses. A swindle amounting to $40 billion. You're probably thinking, who has $40 billion just lying around waiting to be taken? Did someone rob Jeff Bezos? Well, no. This isn't a story of a wealthy person or institution getting their wallet nabbed, but just the opposite. This colossal theft has taken billions of dollars away for millions of people of very little means. Welcome to Purchase Powered, a current affairs podcast that exposes cases of inhumanity in our global supply chains. Here, we will learn about the latest and greatest abuses of workers' rights across the globe and how we as consumers are connected to these issues. Today is December 2nd, 2020. On the onset of the pandemic, a large collection of major retailers, anticipating declines in demand, canceled around $40 billion worth of orders from garment suppliers, and, like true Karens, outright refused to pay anything for the orders. Those cancellations are a big deal because of the way the garment ordering process is structured. Factories take on all the upfront costs of manufacturing garments. They usually purchase the materials, assemble the garment, and ship the orders before the brands even pay a penny. Most of the $40 billion worth of cancellations were ordered months before the pandemic began and were complete or near complete. Other brands demanded steep discounts on orders that had already arrived in their ports. As a result of the canceled orders, factories were in debt and couldn't afford to pay workers for hours that they had already put in. This resulted disastrously for the workers already making next to nothing, driving many deeper into poverty as factories shut down and billions of dollars of wages remained unpaid. Salaries were slashed. But not all news is bad news. For every car crash news story, there is an equal but opposite puppy video. Retailers have confronted sustained rebuke on the part of garment workers, unions, consumers, and advocacy organizations. And the protests of these groups have created a profound material impact. Of the $40 billion in canceled orders, the efforts of these activists have recovered around $22 billion, meaning that some of the retailers did ultimately pay for these orders as a result of the protests. This constitutes a major, but still only partial success for garment workers. There are still a large host of major retailers with deep pockets refusing to support their most vulnerable workers. The pandemic hasn't been cake city for garment workers. Already some of the lowest paid workers globally. The garment workers facing unpaid wages, lost jobs, or reduced wages because of the canceled orders are confronting even greater housing insecurity and food insecurity. Sampa Akhtar is a 30-year-old garment worker in Bangladesh. She earns $95 a month sewing jeans 12 hours a day. She shared with NPR, quote, My factory was shut down for six weeks. I fell behind on rent. I couldn't pay for my brother's medical bills. I'm very scared and vulnerable. It's not only me. All my coworkers are in the same position. She worries that her factory might close again, explaining, I'll die of hunger before I die of the virus. Only around half of garment workers, recently surveyed in Bangladesh, India, and Cambodia, 
could afford sufficient food. Reduced pay isn't helping. 756 apparel factories in Bangladesh failed to pay June salaries to their workers. The pandemic has bludgeoned populations that could not afford to have savings or cover all basic necessities even before the pandemic. Why would brands cancel orders, fully aware that they were unleashing living hell demons upon thousands of already underpaid workers, knowing that their suppliers couldn't handle this hit, and that they were perpetuating systems of poverty? Long story short, human rights and the containment of living hell demons aren't always at the top of the corporate priority list. <laughs> Urban Outfitters is one of the brands that canceled orders and refused to pay anything. The company's CEO, Richard Hain, is a 73-year-old billionaire. He complained, I can just say the supply chain over the last four months has been hideously complex and nearly impossible to manage. Managing the supply chain for Urban Outfitters has entailed canceling orders in order to maintain what the company deems appropriate levels of stock. The Hell Demons Urban Outfitters breeds, the kind that inspired protesting garment workers in Bangladesh to fear starvation more than contracting the coronavirus, are good for business. It's a move to save face, demonstrating to shareholders that brands are doing everything in their power to make their financial statements look nice and pretty. It's undeniable that the pandemic has resulted in losses in revenue for Urban Outfitters. The industry as a whole experienced declining demand at the beginning of the pandemic. Garment imports in the US and EU declined by about a quarter from January to June year over year. But that's no justification for the measures that Urban Outfitters and other retailers have taken to ease the blow. Urban Outfitters is cheating the system and finding loopholes to transfer its losses further down the supply chain to its manufacturers, and robbing some of the world's most underpaid workers of much-needed income. Urban Outfitters has already allocated funds in the budget for those orders, funds they promised manufacturers. If the company pays for its orders, yes, it will marginally affect profit for the quarter, but the company isn't in danger of shutting down and Richard Haynes and his associates won't go hungry. What right does Urban Outfitters have to cancel its orders without paying a dime? Well, like many other brands, they invoked force majeure, which is a clause in contracts that allows parties to break the contract due to unforeseen or extraordinary circumstances, often in the form of a natural disaster. Urban Outfitters also invented excuses to not pay, such as insisting that the color was wrong or that they wanted a different shade. Not very mature for a 44-year-old business. To rub salt in the wounds of garment workers facing financial hardships, some retailers have chosen to pay hefty dividends to shareholders while simultaneously canceling orders. Kohl's, for example, paid $109 million in dividends just weeks after canceling $150 million in garments from Korea and Bangladesh. A pregnant woman, Hasina, fired from a factory manufacturing for Kohl's, shared this about her experience. They fired me in the same way they fired my other pregnant colleague. They did not pay us our wages, compensation, or benefit, which I was owed after six years working there. The factory told us brands have canceled or suspended goods that were ready to deliver. Hasina's situation is unfortunate, but... Shareholders deserve a nice $109 million pat on the back for, 
you know, already having money. Under Cole's supply chain management guidebook, they claim that they have a zero tolerance policy for non-payment of wages. They will supposedly terminate business with suppliers who fail to pay wages. Under their terms of engagement, they state, we are committed to respecting human rights across our activities and operations. We hold ourselves to high ethical standards to create a positive social impact. And we expect the same from our business partners. Their commitment to respecting human rights is like a New Year's resolution to go to the gym every day. Maybe the intention was once there, but when push comes to shove, they're not making it happen. Kohl's, the source of the supplier's income and therefore payroll funds, doesn't feel the need to pay their suppliers for their work. Kohl's demands perfection while ignoring its own misdeeds. It would be great if Kohl's were a special snowflake. But the double standard that that company upholds is not unique in this industry. Brands often put the onus of upholding human rights on their suppliers, while simultaneously taking steps to hinder their suppliers' ability to achieve those goals. The responsibility to make up for the losses of retailers during the pandemic has trickled all the way down the supply chain to the garment workers themselves. In India, for example, Garment factories temporarily closed during a government-ordered COVID-19 shutdown. Garment suppliers provided food, shelter, and money to workers. Since the lockdown has ended, many managers have demanded that the workers pay them back in reduced salaries or working extra shifts for free, often requiring 100 to 200 hours in unpaid overtime. Mahesh Gajera, program manager with a labor rights charity, explains, they thought their employers were providing humanitarian relief during the crisis, and no one was told they would have to compensate for every meal and the money given when factories were closed. The decision by managers to transfer their financial hardships to their workers has forced tens of thousands of garment workers in debt and caused them to make tough decisions like pulling their kids from school or skipping meals. They are threatened with dismissal if they do not accept pay cuts. Unpaid orders have exacerbated global inequalities and ensured that the rich would recover quickly, but the poor would suffer enduring hardship, literal debts. Brands have a duty to pay for their orders, but technically no one can force them to pay. Multinational corporations operate with near impunity in international supply chains. They are robbers without cops. And for that reason, it's an incredible feat that so many big brands decided to change their course of action and pay for canceled orders as a result of consumer and advocacy demand. Again, $22 billion of orders have been recovered through this method. Remake spearheaded the hashtag payup campaign, and activists use that hashtag or hashtag pay your workers in social media posts to call out brands that still owe money to their suppliers. Remake created a petition that received over 220,000 signatures asking brands to pay for their canceled orders. They have since closed that petition to create a second one with a more comprehensive demand for retailers to engage in ethical sourcing practices. The link to that newer petition is included in the description of this episode. You will also find a link to a list of companies that have yet to pay for their cancelled orders. 
This list is updated regularly. Check the list to see if the following brands decide to pay for their orders. American Eagle, Arcadia Balmain, Bestseller, Peacocks, JCPenney, Coles, Oscar de la Renta, Sears, The Children's Place, TJ Maxx, Urban Outfitters, Walmart, Ross Stores, Mother Care, or Lean Fung. If you want to get involved, you can sign the remake petition or spread the word using the pay up hashtag. If you hate social media, cause uh, who doesn't just a little, tell your friends about brands that don't deserve their support until the orders are paid in full. You could also support organizations like the Workers' Rights Consortium, Remake, the Business and Human Rights Resource Center, and the Clean Clothes Campaign, which all keep tabs on brands, as well as Campaign for Workers' Rights. Let's not reward big brands for pulling a reverse Robin Hood, stealing from the poor to give to the rich. Big brands are power behemoths in the international supply chain, and what they decide to do with that power either supporting workers or exploiting them, is largely determined by consumer demand. Brands do change course when they sense that their reputation is at stake. At the end of the day, large retailers don't make their own clothes, and they are in essence marketing companies. Image is everything. Let's demand that brands take action. If consumers don't care, neither do those brands. So let's make our priorities clear. Workers' rights are human rights, regardless of how low one falls in the supply chain. 